Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. This is episode 91. What is UEFA's Europa Conference League? So this year, UEFA unveiled the first iteration of this competition, the Conference League. It is a third tier of European club competition across the continent. Most of us, when this came out, were like, really? That's interesting. They're going to do another one? But if you listen to a lot of pundits and just ex-pros, people involved in the game who are loud and have a big voice, a lot of them just dogged this thing, especially in Britain. They talked about how it's this third-rate thing that no one should want to have to play in, who's going to watch it, what's the point, and it, 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 you know, it just waters down the competition. It dilutes everything. I think there's some teams that probably have a different opinion about that. But if you listen to Leicester's Brendan Rodgers, he delivered this beautiful morsel. Historically, European campaigns are fairly rare in Leicester's history. Can you go on and win the Conference League? Are you aiming to do exactly that? Well, I'm not even thinking. I've got to be honest, I don't even know what the competition is, in all fairness. I was focused on the Europa League, uh, winning this group, at the very least, finishing second. So, with all due respect to the competition, I'm not sure what it is. So, But I'm sure I'll find out soon enough. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I... I, I... Look, I like his honesty. I think it's great that he said something like that. Um, you know, you, you're not sure if you believe someone like Mourinho when he said about the Conference League that this was going to be his pride and, you know, he was going to take it as seriously as possible with Roma. Most people were like, I mean, come on, don't give us this lip service. No one cares about this competition. And I think that then. It's important that we actually outline that there are people who do care and that this actually, I think, was a really, really positive step. And I think it made a lot of sense the way they structured it and built it. But Brendan Rodgers seemed to have no idea what it is. So, hey, Brendan, bro, I'll explain it to you. Okay, it's really not that difficult. And I think everyone can get a better understanding of the pyramid of European football, learn more and just enjoy the different options you have, right? And if you're a you know, fan of a slightly smaller club from a smaller league, this is your ticket to actually you know, have some real exposure. And we'll definitely get into all of that. So first, just let's start from the top level. Just to, give, to be able to provide the structure so that you understand really what this is. And look, you can go and research this yourself. Obviously, I'll try and give you a little breakdown. So we have the Champions League at the top. League winners... Top four from the big leagues, couple from others, they all make it to the group stage. And then there are qualifying rounds for the Champions League. So these are primarily teams maybe that finish second or third. They're outside of the automatic qualification spots in their leagues. They get into this three-tiered qualification series. And different clubs, depending on what league they're in and the strength of that league, will arrive in those qualification rounds at different stages so some may start at qualification round three and have to go through two and then one and then be able to get to the group stage some are able to just join in at the final round of qualification the teams that drop out of champions league contention then drop into the europa league okay There is also a whole bunch of teams that are placed in the conference league and again these are mostly cup winners Um, teams that finish uh, as runners-up in some of the small leagues around Europe. And it's actually, it makes a lot of sense, right? So to to have 
an opportunity for all these teams, a competition for them where they don't just jump into the around of qualifying, get knocked out, and then you know winning a title last season or winning a cup, all of a sudden you don't get to do any European adventure. And it's important to remember this because Leicester are not a team that have a rich European history. So we'll and and there's a lot of clubs like that who are finally getting an opportunity to travel across Europe and and play in these games and and the stakes are a little bit higher. And that I think is a really really good thing for the state of European football. Now, what's really cool about this is that the Europa League changed its structure in order to accommodate for the Conference League. The Europa League used to be this insane 12 groups, A through L, right? And you would have the top two teams from every group make it to the round of 32, and then eight teams from the Champions League, these are the third-place finishers in each group, they would drop down and make up the other eight from the 24 that got out. So that was just a little bit of a mess. And then it kind of – the thing is that all those groups, it was – I mean, the extra four just felt like more to mine through every time you wanted to check what was going on. The competition felt too big. Uh, I think once you got to the knockout rounds, it felt like it was going to take forever to actually get to the semifinals and the final. Yeah, This is all perception, but it is the kind of thing that can draw you in and get you interested to watch and pay attention or to just go, I just don't know, I just don't care, right? So they restructured it to have the exact same format as the Champions League. Eight groups top two go through, third place in the Europa League drops to the Conference League. Now, what's cool, that they something that they changed this year is that it used to be you just go straight in. But now, teams that finish third in the groups of the Champions League and Europa League, they actually have to play in a knockout round against second place group finishers from those competitions in order to get into the round of 16. And this is the same structure in Europa League and Conference League. And I think that that's really good because now you know how it works, okay? The the competitions having the same format does make it a lot easier for you to sort of loosely check in. Oh, what's going on in the Conference League? Oh, this, this team versus this team, right? Now, the reason I think this structure was really good is because it has actually offered up some really interesting games. Third place in the Champions League group stage, drop down, right? The most notable third place finisher in the group stage this year, Barcelona, okay? Now, when I was sort of doing the research writing up this episode, one thing that I noticed was Barcelona could play against Napoli because Napoli finished second in their group. So I was thinking, wow, that's a possibility. But obviously, you have to go through a draw. There's only a certain amount of chance And I had that listed as, ooh, this would be a really tasty affair. Well, it's going to happen. Barcelona are going to have to play against Napoli in a home-and-away, two-leg tie, and the winner of that moves to the round of 16 of the Europa League. Loser, out. So I just think that's really, really great that that we got this. And, you know, the the winners, they do get, I think, a really big boost I mean, imagine for Napoli, they're going to have to play against Barcelona. If they knock them out, I mean, even though Barcelona are weak this year, what a great way to set yourself up for the run-in for the rest of the season. It gives you tons of confidence. And this is a blockbuster game. I mean, people would have watched this Napoli-Barcelona if it was if the, the Champions League music was the lead-in and it was a Champions League broadcast. 
you know, people would watch this game in masses. So believe me, Barcelona against Napoli, a Europa League game, is going to get a ton of attention. And it's because the structure has been put together so that this kind of thing can happen. So I, look, I, it's another slap in the face of what the uh, Super League plans were that we actually get to see a really cool movement between the pyramid. So, again, if you win the Conference League, you qualify for the Europa League. If you win the Europa League, you qualify directly for the Champions League. So there are these carrots that are really, really good to have. Now, because the Europa League and the Conference League have that same bit where the third-place teams play against second-place teams, Leicester, who were in the Europa League, as Brendan said, they were they were going to do the best they could. They were highly focused on that competition. And they placed third in their group after losing 3-2 on the final day to Napoli. And when the reporter asked him about this and he said, I have no idea what it is, it does go to show you something interesting that they, they don't even really understand the, the format of the competitions and European football that they're playing in. On top of that, I just I do think that what the reporter asked Brendan Rodgers was really important. He said that European campaigns are not something that it really goes deep in Leicester's history. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing here. And that's the truth. Leicester have only been in European campaigns since they unbelievably won the title in 2015-2016. And that put them on the map where they made the Champions League, obviously. Dilly ding, dilly dong. For any of my Ranieri fans out there. I mean, it, it, it's, it's very good for the club to be able to still be in a European competition, right? If they had finished third last year in the Europa League, that's it. It's done. It's over. There's no more European football to play. Now, the cool thing is they get to play against this team called Randers. Yeah, I had not heard of them before. They are, I believe, a Danish club. Um, yep. And look, it's, it's, it's a really interesting affair. So for any people from Britain, right, who or anywhere around the world, maybe even especially Leicester fans, you've never heard of this team before. Well, Traveling supporters maybe get to go into their stadium, providing COVID doesn't lock everything up. And I think it's really just a, a, a good advert for what it is to cross borders to play games and for people to tie themselves together and learn a little more about each other. Celtic play against Bodo Glimt. Bodo Glimt, another team no one knew about. This team from Norway that smashed Mourinho's Roma 6-1. to one. Now, think about that. That's a storyline that was so much fun to pay attention to. The highlights of that game were incredible. Check them if you haven't. But now we know who they are. And we wouldn't have seen Mourinho go up to, you know, these frigid temperatures up in, up in, in Norway and get his team absolutely smashed. I mean... For all of us watching that, just paying attention, that was a fun story. It doesn't exist if this competition doesn't exist. So that is one of the big things that I want to put everyone's way. The Another draw that I think will obviously gather a lot of interest is Rapid Vienna will play against either Tottenham or Vitesse from the Netherlands. Now, Tottenham had to play against Rennes, who were the group winners, in London just last week. But because they have like 13 people who players who tested positive for COVID, they had to postpone the game. That and Tottenham are in a really rough spot here. If they do not beat Rennes, they are out of the Conference League, and there is no fourth tier parachute 
for them if they lose that. So that's going to be interesting. If Tottenham can beat Hen, they will go level on points with Vitesse, but they will have a more positive goal difference, and they will play against Rapid Vienna. If not, Tottenham are out. And I mean, look, th- this is an interesting storyline. It's something that a lot of people will talk about. And if Conte can get his team past Vitesse and then they can go against Rapid Vienna, you look at Spurs and the way they're improving, this is a competition they could win. And I know it's not the Champions League, but it's still a trophy. It's still something that combined the team together. It gives players just an extra boost. Good things happen when you win trophies. So I, I just I think it's cool that this thing exists. And that now there is this avenue for more clubs to be able to just get their names on the map, really. I mean, I've learned a fair bit. I've discovered clubs I've never heard of, players included. And there have been some really fun moments. I mean, look, if we are all better for knowing about Lincoln Red Imps from Gibraltar. I mean, you know, that team is through to the round of 16. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, Randers as well. I mean, Alishkert from Armenia, Bodo Glimt from Norway, all these teams. It's it's actually really, really kind of cool to have this little window into more European football. And as I've said, the structure is not difficult to understand. And the fact that they made all three competitions basically the same, I think is really, really cool. So while we move on, I do want to talk about some of the draws because today was big European competition draw day. And Europa Conference League draw and Europa League draw went very well. Uh, As I've talked about a few of the possible games, I also mentioned Barcelona against Napoli. A couple other ones that are interesting in Europa League, if you're you're interested. I mean, Dortmund playing Rangers. I think that will be really, really interesting. Leipzig against Real Sociedad, who Real Sociedad had a really great start to the season. We're unbeaten in La Liga, running it, and I believe lost three on the spin. Leipzig, now that Jesse Marsh is gone, don't know if he was the problem, but they're winning again, so that could be a really interesting game as well. Porto against Lazio. I mean, these are big names, big-name teams playing in this competition. And the thing about these games is this is just the qualification to get to the round of 16. This is just a playoff round. And then once we get into those round of 16s, I think there's going to be a lot more people paying attention because – there are high-quality sides still in these competitions. Marseille play against Karabag in the Conference League draw. PSV Eindhoven play against Maccabi Tel Aviv. Fenerbahce against Slavia Prague. These are teams you consider to be, well, probably go deep in the Europa League. Well, okay, their names are on the Conference League. Again, like I said, it, it provides more exposure, and I think UEFA did a really good job on that. What they did not do a good job on was the Champions League draw today. Oh, my goodness. So I wake up to check it out, and all of a sudden I'm realizing that they've got it wrong, that they're actually going to redo the draw. I mean, look, all you have to do is put these little balls that have, you know, this little ticket with a name in them in the correct pots, and you'll get the draw. This year they screwed it up, which is hilarious. They had balls in the wrong pots, so you had teams playing against each other that shouldn't be playing against each other. Man United against Villarreal. They were in the same group. They cannot play each other in the next round. And so they had to redo the draw, which actually turned out to be pretty good in a lot of ways. The obvious blockbuster is PSG against Real Madrid. That's going to be fantastic. Inter against Liverpool, I think, is the close runner-up as as best draws. But for me, personally, there's one that is 
really interesting. So I am a Chelsea fan and a Lille fan. So my two teams are playing against each other. What, what that means is that no matter what, I will have a team in the quarterfinal. The bummer is which one, and I don't know, just go in neutral and hope for the best. Atletico against uh, Man, U- Man United, I think, will also be a very interesting game. Man United now under Ragnick. We'll see the way a duel with Simeone goes. I think that's that's going to be really, really fascinating. But, uh, look, I know that the Champions League sounds like the competition that's the most interesting, but there's also just this this reality that, you know, Benfica against Ajax. Like, to me, that's a Champions League, that's a Champions League tie. But, you know, Barcelona-Napoli. That's also a Champions League tie. What about Marseille against PSV Eindhoven? These are top, top, top European teams, and they are playing in these competitions, and there's more fluidity between them, and I just think that makes it way more fun. It's easier to pay attention to, and for anyone who just loves football and loves to watch and pay attention and see if something crazy is going to happen, well, we've been given more of an opportunity to have that and see it. So... I do want to give a few shout-outs. Max Verstappen, congratulations on winning the Formula One World Championship. I watched the final race. It was pretty incredible. Also, congratulations to NYCFC for winning MLS Cup. I am going to have a little bit of an episode soon with my friend Ronnie from the Soccer Subs podcast to talk about it because he was there. All right, until next time, this is Sebastian North, Campfire Football. Have a good week.